Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Dave, welcome, uh, welcome us back together uh, onto the Boiling Point because we haven't had a normal Boiling Point episode in a uh, number of weeks. You know, we've, we've had this awesome opportunity to uh, bring uh, Dr. Uh, Bill Howitt into the Boiling Point seat, taking my spot as your co-host uh, for, for a few episodes, which has been awesome for me to be listening from the, uh, you know, from the engineer side, you know, producing and hearing your conversations. Kind of cool. You'll, you'll have to do it sometime too. Sometime yeah. I'll put you in the engineering seat and I'll be the, uh, the host with another co-host. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, I, don't know if you want, I don't know if you want me on the tech side, but I would be, ha- I would be happy to sit back and listen to the conversation. So that'll happen. And we had, and we had Matt Sims on just recently um, sharing some really good stuff. And we, we started thinking, well, you know, there's some, some leaders or some people doing some amazing things out in the community. Um, and uh, David Savoie is uh, our guest today. I've known David for the last seven or eight months. You know, we've worked closely together. Um, and I, I wanted to bring him on. Uh, I'm gonna, we're going to get him to introduce himself in a moment. Um, and why I wanted to bring him on was that um, I'm reading a lot and I'm sharing a lot of information on, you know, how to lead through crisis and this sort of thing. And then I've been exposed to people, David being one of them, um, that are doing some really amazing things. And the way they're leading is really impressive and um, very practical. And of course, we're, we're in this incredibly challenging time. And uh, David is a CEO of Acadian Construction um, and, and a tough sector to be in right now. Um, but David, I'm going to turn it over to you. Thank you for coming on. And um, maybe just give you a little intro, a little background on who you are, uh, a little bit about Acadian Construction, and, um, and we'll just take it from there if that's okay. Sure. Uh, thanks for the invite, Dave and Greg, and happy to be your guests. That was my first uh, podcast, so it's exciting and nerve-wracking. Uh, so a little bit about myself. What was that? You're doing great so far, David. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. A uh, bit about myself, uh, David Savoie of Moncton, New Brunswick. Uh, I work and now own uh, Canadian Construction. My grandfather started it in 1958, which is a while back, so we've lived through a few transitions. I joined the company in uh, uh, 2003. Uh, our dad passed away in 2000, so it'll give you some context. Joined after, so a little bit of a challenging uh, transition there. And uh, bought a few shareholders out uh, over the years. Uh, one would have been my sister, Andre, that was running the company from the 2000 to uh, 2015. So that's a little bit on the business side. We're a GC out of Moncton. Uh, we do work in Atlantic Canada and currently uh, a few projects in Toronto. So that's also adding to the complexity of the current challenge. I'm married to a wonderful wife, Danielle. We've got three kids, Amelie, Emma, and Tama. Uh, great kids. They're, they're doing the best of what they can right now. Uh, Andre would be my sister, my other sister, my brother Matt from Montreal, and my mom Angela still around and in the neighborhood so that I give you a family context. Um, I don't know what else you would like to know. Background, I'm a, a fine arts major from the University of Boston. I uh, did an MBA at St. Mary's University after coming back uh, after my dad's uh, challenge. 
And I would say I've got a passion for lifelong learning and uh, challenges and puzzles and curiosity and well, you echo that, Dave, but. Totally. Well, no, and, and like, like if anyone was built for this, um, David Savoy, you certainly are, are built for, um, in fact, you know, just kind of relish it. You know, you recognize how challenging this is, but, but almost like some people are more built for crisis, I think, than others. Um, how many people are, do you employ, you know, kind of maybe give people a sense of the projects that you would be working on or, you know, anything you'd be able to share to give context and kind of terms of the scope, um, you know, and, and what the company's involved in? Uh, sure. Uh, at Pete, last summer, we're in the 70s uh, with laborers, carpenters, and of course, we're a GC, so you've got, you know, maybe sites have a couple of hundreds of uh, tradesmen that would work for subcontractors, all the way to, you know, hanging a door for a good client that's asking us to help them out or a new client that we're trying to show them what we're made out of. Uh, so that kind of be the range. Uh, prior to this COVID, I think we were in the 62 range in terms of employees, just being time of year it is. Uh, our team, uh, shout out to the team, they're doing wonderful, great. I'm lucky to have the employees and staff that we have and people are passionate about what they do, but we'd have people that you know, do renovations to restaurants all the way to manufacturing. Uh, our biggest client uh, could uh, be in the in hundreds of millions per year in terms of contracts to our smallest uh, $1,000 to $10,000 if it's a reno or helping them out and everything in between. Uh, institutional, uh, corporate offices, strip malls, gas stations, you know, uh, anything you'd see out in Atlantic Canada. Well, there's, there's so much to dive into, uh, especially in the terms of leadership during a crisis like this. But right before we do that, um, I want to learn a bit more about your fine arts major and what your specialty was there, because it is, I don't want to say it's rare, but it kind of is. I, I, will, I, I will say it's rare. <laughs> rare. CEO of a construction company. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love it. I, I also, see, my wife is a physician, and uh, a lot of her, or a number of uh, her physician friends, I know to be very creative people. Um, but we don't necessarily connect those two brains together, but they actually are very connected. You know, so I'm just, I'm always curious to to hear what you're your artistic background was and how that connects into being a phenomenal creative leader as well. Right. Uh, I, I don't know what notes you want me to hit on uh, the fine arts, but I uh, studied to be a film major, worked a little bit in Los Angeles, uh, worked a little bit in Boston for a company when I came back here as well. My, what the story I tell myself is that uh, curiosity leads to seeing things in other segments of the world or population or industries and be able to tweak it a bit and bring in it to your uh, application or your challenge, right? It's not accepting the status quo, but looking at a different perspective, different way. And also we're humans. Uh, so we tell ourselves stories every day and tell stories to others. So understanding how to craft uh, messages or how people justify things or want to put value to certain thoughts, emotions, uh, kind of like a puzzle of a human being studying fine arts kind of gives you a little bit of peek inside. I wouldn't say anybody masters it, but it kind of, how do people take, how do you motivate them? How do you tell a story? How do you connect it? I don't know if that kind of makes sense. hundred percent uh, because it, it, it's actually, you know, it's a, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, there's a lot of very logical, practical, rational business leaders that I am connected with that we all are through the Walter Kane Institute and whatnot. Who, who I, I always uh, see people putting people in boxes like, oh, you're a creative type. You're creative. Uh, that's where your box is, you know. 
but the the people I really find interesting is the people that can do those both. They've got their head in both those spaces because of exactly what you just said. You know, like uh, those applications of being a film storyteller or an artist or studying art or, you know, uh, innovation or any of that sort of thing. And bringing that into the traditional business leadership sense is, is awesome. And I, I suppose the follow-up question to that is how has that creativity and leadership been able to help you navigate the last few weeks in keeping the business going and, uh, and, and continuing to look to the future? Uh, so, so if you, if you take the, the approach of art and creation, you almost think of what message do I want to get across? What are the important notes I want to hit and how do I communicate them effectively? So when you have a challenge that's complex as uh, the pandemic or COVID or even more people's emotions and fears and uncertainty and living and how do you, you know, how do you address that? How can you give people comfort? It's okay. What's, if you boil it down, what's the one message that I get get across today? How do I shape that message and make sure that it's effective? So, um, that could be one way, but trying to find a different way to look at the problem. And at the end of it, we're all humans uh, that think that we're better than generation before us, but there's a lot we can learn at looking at the past. I was looking up something in the 1920s the other day that helped me frame the message that I passed my team this week. So uh, how does it help? There's not one answer and we're all humans, and somebody somewhere ha- has had a similar challenge, maybe not pandemic, maybe it was the 19, you know, after the World War, maybe it was after the 2007 crash in, in the U.S., maybe it was after the dot-com bubble. People have lived these throughout the years. It's where to go, how do you look for information, filter it, what's applicable, how do you find a sounding board to bounce that off to make sure does it make sense? And I'd say Dave would be one of them. I call him. He may think I'm bleeping crazy. I don't know if we can swear on podcasts, but I'm bleeping crazy. And it, you know, we'll, you talk through things. So um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but. That's an awesome answer. That is an awesome answer, David. <clears throat> and, and you, you like actually you and Greg share this in common being very creative, but also very curious and, and it's wonderful. And, this, and the idea of being a lifelong learner and being a strong leader, sometimes people don't connect the two, the two ideas. Um, why don't you share what you decided to do with your employees, uh, you know, kind of to, to, to make sure they're staying grounded. You some really practical things. And in fact, you've been sharing some things that I've shared with some of our other clients and some of the coaches and said, you know, here's some talking points, some things to consider because I, for me, they're really helpful for me personally. And, and I thought, you know, I really liked how you framed up the message for your, for the people. And like, to me, you're the exact opposite of panic. You're saying, okay, so here, you know, and, and you have this, this, this um, uh, kind of way of, well, of communicating with people and maybe going to help people understand the cadence and then what you're communicating and, um, and, and let's just play with that for a little bit. Uh, sure. So when this started, uh, I actually just send you a, a spreadsheet early today because I'm tracking the daily cases just to see to get a clear picture over time. I heard somebody say that, you know, in four to six weeks of data, we'll be able to make sense of this world. We're not there yet. So we're uncertainty. So what can you do? Uh, over communicate would be one of them. So at day six, I think, uh, going back in my brain, um, we started a pandemic team. I'd read somewhere to do a pandemic team. We cleared our war room. There's six tables. They're all six meters apart. And we started who needs to be at the office and everybody else is at home and on sites, which is challenging. 
So we started doing, I think it was by day nine, a company-wide call. So I'm on the webcast or whatever app they're using, and I give them an update. And quickly, when you look at the news, whether it's CBC, CNN, I don't know what outlets people listen to, media, and there, Greg, there's a plug for media. There's the nasty part about media is we get paid, they get paid per clicks and how many people look at the message, right? So all I could do was what am I consuming and make sure that it's positive and bring back to my team. So I started discussing that media, whether it's online or live on TV, get paid to sensualize stuff to make sure that you're going to watch their program versus somebody else. And then they sell it to their advertisers and they make a crap of money. So I just started curating uh, the first part of my agenda would be the good news about COVID. And I go anywhere around the world, find great news, whether it's Bill Gates that just invested a, you know, four billion dollars in creating nine plants or whatever that was or just stories of talking to somebody in St. John that had it and they're fine or whatever I could find and I hit uh, what the governments are doing high level positive and then I hit what Acadians doing what sites are open what our clients are concerned about uh, just touch on a few things and it's a pre-scripted agenda that we work on as the team at 8:30. my calls at 10 30 uh, we hit those notes and then at the end, I hit my gratitude moment of the day, and I call in two people from uh, the, the WebEx call to say what they're grateful for, and I know them now. And then the next day, I make sure somebody else and just positive, because we can't control what Donald Trump does or says. We can't. We can't control what Trudeau does or says, or Europe or China. We can only control our controllables, and that's what's in our environment, what we do, being positive, being patient. Um, trying to be sympath sympathetic to people around us that may have challenges. So that's all we can control. I, I think that's, uh, that's such a, a wise approach, David. And uh, it is very difficult in a world that is truly run by uh, pay-per-clicks. And the, um, the other truth to that is the Fox Newses and the CNNs, they all have big money to make sure the Google searches are ranked up to the top. Uh, and it made me think how fortunate we are to have the CBC on the radio, not the television, but on radio, which is advertising free. Uh, BBC is probably the very best on earth because it's, it's so heavily tax, uh, tax run. Um, they're heavily funded um, by the taxpayers, not by corporations. So, uh, you know, as I go through and try to figure out what news sources are, are, you know, serving it up straight, CBC and BBC, Al Jazeera also is Al Jazeera a. Al is going to plug uh, in, yeah. Yeah, so uh, around the world there are, and of course NPR, yeah. <laughs> these fantastic sources, but they're not the ones making it to the top of the of the of the search uh, the searches either, uh, at all. So what you're doing is incredibly important because a lot of your people either don't have the time uh, to to search through it, don't have the know-how, um, or maybe even the interest but you're able to serve that up to them on a daily basis on your team call. So that's awesome. Great work. Yep. Yeah. And well, and what would like, it would be interesting to hear what the response has been from, from the employees. And by the way, this is a daily, a daily webcast, I believe, right? It's a daily call that we have company wide. We're not doing the weekends right now, just Monday to Friday. Um, and uh, look at the start. It was, we don't know where we're going. We don't know what we're doing. Uh, and this was before the announcements of the government. So we started modeling three scenarios like dire, we got to close the doors to, okay, well, maybe we can keep the lights on to, okay, we're breaking even kind of scenarios that we ran. 
And we were transparent, talking to them, said, look, some of you may have to be laid off as their volunteers. Uh, uh, we may all have to take a pay cut and do the job sharing. This was before the 75% uh, wage subsidies that they came out with. Or, you know, if, if our clients want to stay open and we win a few jobs, maybe everybody's employed. So just being honest, open about the options and not telling people what to do. And we've had good debates as a management team in terms of what do we do when. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, one of the days I, I told them the three options and uh, told them right now, we're going to stay the course, keep everybody home, keep everybody employed. However, we think there's only three, four days a week for any of you. So the odd other day, we're going to do continuous improvement and we're going to invest and be ready to get out of here stronger than we came in. And that day, the next day, I got a couple of emails from the group saying, that's fantastic. I'm lucky to have a job. I'm lucky. So that's, you know, that's comforting and rewarding as somebody that's trying to do it right by the team. But, you know, revenues are challenging and supply chain is challenging. And we got two projects in Toronto that can't do anything there. So that, that's, it's, it's, it's a daily, uh, um, I don't know what you call it, but you're diffusing challenges and bombs daily. It's, it's it never stops. Well, and I like, like, isn't that, that's so helpful to hear. And I just, you know, the, the people, people want straight talk is my belief. And so to hear that and hear the response you're getting from just being open and honest and saying, here are the options and laying them out is, is, is awesome. And, and, you know, something else you shared with me that I wanted to, to have you, you describe it. You also are sharing tips and things you're learning about how to manage things at home. Like, you know, you know, here's what's happening in, in my family and here's some things I've been doing or here's some things I'm learning or here's some things I'm adjusting and, and some tips that, you know, you shared with me. And I was like, geez, I want to be doing that with our family. Like, it was really cool. And I thought, you know, it's not, so you're, you're, you're looking at the whole person, right? You're not, you're not, it's just not the, the employee, the Acadian construction employee. You know, it's also the mom or the dad and, you know, and, and recognizing some of the challenges that might be happening at home. And you have some really cool things that I thought, to, you know, and I'm sure there's more since we talked. That was probably last week. So you probably there's 20 new things now. <laughs> but I, you know, if I forget something, jump in. But uh, so back on the news cycle, I don't listen to the news till I get home or maybe late in the day. So first in the morning, I'll wake up and uh, we have a dog, two year old. He's got a little bit of energy. Um, so I walk him first thing. I'm usually up at quarter to six ish, six walking for 40 minutes. I listen to uh, Audible right now. I just finished the Blue Ocean Strategy on how to innovate and uh, change into it. And a friend of mine told me to uh, read the next one or listen to is uh, Zero to One. I guess it's like an IT startup. I don't know it. I read that. Yeah. Excellent book. Yeah. So that it's positive, it's not negative. So I don't turn on CBC radio, I listen to songs on my way to work, but just walking the dog kind of gives me my things to tackle that morning, gets my mindset. But when I drop the dog off at home, the dog's already been exercised. So when the three kids and Danielle wakes up, there's a little bit of energy spent within his, his, his uh, body and, and spirit. Uh, so then the kids will wake up, we've got a little bit of a routine and I'll thank Danielle for uh, doing most of it. So Monday is cleaning the house day. So they all get involved. They clean the house from top and down, clean you know, laundry, clean the washrooms, uh, getting their beds ready. So that's a discipline that we're doing. Uh, the rest of the week they'll have, um, so I'm lucky to be a member of YPO and got an email from them and they talked about Khan Academy, K-H-A-N academy.org. It's free, you go online. Excellent. Yeah, age of your kids, uh, mathematics, 
French, English, whatever that, that you think they should be pressing on. So we started that a few weeks ago. So they'll be in that school uh, dimension from 9 to 1.30 for their breaks activities and projects. So one project that my two girls are, are doing at uh, 10 and 12 is they're writing me an email a day. So how to open a computer, how to type, write a message, craft a message. So that's pretty neat. And the highlight of my week is this week, Danielle made them use Excel and I love Excel. So I got a little Excel spreadsheet on their favorite <laughs> colors and they ranked it and they did a pie chart. But you know, at that age, they're not getting that exposure at school. So that's, that's pretty neat to start doing. Uh, by the time I get home, I try to get home three-ish if I can. Some days it's beyond that, five. Uh, Danielle gets a break. She walks the dog and has her alone time. We, we either play cards, um, puzzles, talk about supper. Maybe they help um, do a dessert. We did four desserts this weekend. We did lemon cake, carrot cake, cookies, like just <laughs> name it. So they learn how to cook and they open the, they want to do cookies, open the, the cooking book, you know, go in the back, find cookie. What page is it? Do we have the ingredients? Nope. Okay. Find another recipe. So just getting them to go through it uh, and preheating the oven. So that's pretty neat. Last week um, we were fortunate. And again, thanks to the team, we had won and been nominated for the Canada's best managed company. I think there was 27 in Canada this year. It was supposed to be last Thursday night, which of course we're in this, in this challenge. So I got a little care package from my team in terms of uh, a gift card to order food and uh, a few niceties. But the day before I got my girls, uh, I said, look, tomorrow night, dad and mom would be in Toronto and, uh, and the company and the team would have won this award. So part of your homework, please go check what this is and, and, and let me know what you thought. So when I came home, there's a little paper trophy uh, that they made, which was great. And they made a little video to Cadian and the next day our 10 30 a.m. call it's a little video done by Amity mostly I showed it to the company and uh, they seemed to like it so that was kind of our, our our winning moment but you know the kids get to learn technology and it's a project and kind of like a craft so uh, we're not stuck in the it's just got to be math or just reading yeah well, you know what's cool, cool about that too David is uh, my kids very similar parallel stories um uh, when Jessica's baking, uh, the kids will come help and they're learning math. Like it's very intentional, like doing fractions with the, with the cups. Um, also my, uh, my eldest girl just did a, uh, a cute little COVID animation. She taught herself how to, how to animate on the computer. She did it in French and English. So, uh, I'll just send it to you. It's, it's pretty cool, but it's neat when we, and the, I know the, the Khan Academy Academy is very much in line with this type of teaching, which is, yeah. Um, not about the standard, you know, sit in the classroom and do this, but really truly being intentional in learning math, history, languages, arts through real life day-to-day experiences. Um, so I, I, I think this crisis with the kids at home, it's going to help us think about new ways of, of how education should be. You know, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be neat to see how it all shifts, shifts out at the end, you know. And the other thing that we did was uh, last weekend, and we're still trickling through, is you guys are in charge of one night. So we had paint night with Amelie, and then we had Nintendo Switch night with Thomas last night. And at some point, it's going to be cheerleading night with Emma. Um, I don't know when that's going to be. That's going to hurt, probably. I don't know what moves I can do, but um, right, you empower them, be in charge of something, figure it out, plan it, get a schedule done, and get what you need. So those are life skills. How, how are... Um... How are people, your employees, responding to this? Because you're really showing, you know, the your, the whole 
all of you, you know, by sharing the video. And I, I really, I'm glad you shared that because I, I was really wanting Greg to hear that because I think he'd appreciate, you know, um, what a great way to celebrate. I mean, and, and congratulations, by the way. I mean, a real honor to get uh, Best Managed Company and, you know, so unfortunate you couldn't go, but you guys created a celebration and, and I love how you brought your family into it because, I mean, your fan, your, I mean, it's really hard, as you know, as we all know, you're not just the CEO of Acadian Construction and then you're the dad and you know, like you've really found a way to integrate all the roles that you play, um, you know, despite what we're dealing with. Right. And, and I find that fascinating. I'm just wondering, is that, has that been a new thing for you in terms of the employees and them seeing, you know, um, David, the father, as well as the CEO, or is that something that you, is it always been present? Uh, that I don't know. I've not gotten feedback, but I was thinking because you had asked me a few days ago to be part of this, and I don't know when you caught me, but I was thinking it's interesting as human beings that we uh, measure ourselves with how busy we can be or how many activities we could get, or I don't know why, but just keeping busy and lots of stuff. And what this has done is stripped away all those um, things that maybe not that important that we signed on, whether it's a charity here or whether it's uh, being a committee or a group or trying to, I don't know, start building cars, whatever you, you put in front of you in terms of challenges and just boiling it down to really the day-to-day -day life, what's important. Okay, it's my health and then it's my family and then it's my team at the office and their families and then and, and trickles out of there. But because there aren't that many distractions, it, it, you're hyper-focused on the simple life compared to the busy life and flying to a conference. And so that's kind of, so maybe they're seeing more of that because I'm more active day to day. I don't know how they're interpreting that, but. I'm sure, I'm sure they're loving having dad around. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to say flying to conferences. I uh, like my whole business development strategy is conferences. You know, I, I fly all over the place for these things. And uh, uh, what an, and oftentimes I, I, I truly get FOMO when I say no to going to one, you know, because like my community's there and what am I missing on opportunities? But what a nice relief I'm having right now with absolutely no pressure because nobody's going, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's okay. Don't get on an airplane. It's not happening. And uh, yeah. Anyway, like you said, there are silver linings to all of this and I continue to stay in that bubble to figure out, and I'm excited to see what the positive changes are going to be when we come out of this as, uh, as humanity, hoping that uh, Mother Earth is able to continue to take a, a, a little bit of a breath, uh, you know, a fresh air, if you will, uh, through this, because um, the skies are blue right now. There's not a lot, lot of activity happening. So, and, and, you know, Mother Nature, it's a good point. People are stressed, and I'm hearing people are having mental health issues, and, and that's challenging, and I'm not there yet, and often would, but we don't control that, right? This virus, we don't control that. It happens. Something like it's just you, you got to make the best of what it is for as long as you got. And after that, that's, that's it. Yep. Yep. Life, that's humanity. The other thing that I, I didn't mention on the team because I was, I was looking at you, I think you're all part of a forum type environment, you know, whether it's Wallace McCain, YPO, there's a bunch of them. Um, the other thing I started having weekly calls of an hour. So I've got four different calls or four different groups. Uh, get quite a bit with all of them, but I've asked my team to do the same. So reach out to people in businesses with similar challenges. So when in safety, when in operations, so they're creating their own forum, even though they've never been part of a Walsh McCain or YPO, they get a call 
week. They talk about their challenges. And, and I think the more that people communicate between themselves within your team and outside your team and you don't have to be there, they, you know, they see that everybody's got their challenge. We're going to get through this and society's going to find a way. And what's the best practice you've got that I can maybe co-opt or adopt? Yeah. Well, and I, I'm so glad you brought that up because the, I think it's um, – all three of us would subscribe to that because we're all part of peer groups. Um, you know, you've really doubled down on it, David, with, you know, YPON and Wallace McCain. And, um, but, you know, for the, for the leader or for the person that maybe doesn't, hasn't found the support around them that, you know, that they could benefit from or, or working with a coach or just having a peer that you can talk to, all those sort of things. Like, what, what have you found most valuable about that as, you know, you, and you generally would do that anyways, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking particularly now, what has been so valuable and what advice would you give um, people listening to the podcast? Uh, I think now is not the time to overthink, just act. So uh, our, our safety uh, officer here, Fabian, um, you know, there's no guideline on what to do in construction. Like now there is, but day one, there was no rule of six meters in Kenya and what do you need? And so day one, we were chatting about connect with the big contractors. And he did with one that's a national firm. And then the work health safety out of New Brunswick, connecting with them and a road building company. So he's got his little own group and it's helping shape a policy in New Brunswick, but the work health safety guy knows he's talking to my guy and a few others and what are your challenges and what are you going through? So just that government does not have the answer. Most of the leaders out there don't have the answer. Society do not have the answer. It's going to be a lot of information share um, and uh, good values. And, you know, we're lucky to be in Canada and fortunate enough and what the success look like as a group. And I think that would be one. I don't know if that hits your mark, but. Yeah. 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 No, that's awesome. Well, so we got about a half an hour format. So we're just in, in closing a couple things. So someone listening to this wants to learn more about Acadian Construction and David Savoie. What would you, um, how would they, how would they do that? How would they, they uh, learn more? Um, oh, geez. So we have a, a, a website that's in transition. So that's probably not the best. I mean, you could go on LinkedIn and maybe see uh, my profile that helps you connect, but my email is easy, david at acadianconstruction.ca. Send me a note and I'll do my best to respond and, and see if I could help out and, um, I and you, mean, and you mean that sincerely too? Huh? You mean that sincerely yes. as well? Yeah, like, yeah, because yeah. we're not gonna, one person's not gonna get out of this. And what I've learned through government trying to help, you know, they're doing the best they can, but that machine is so slow. And right now we have to act fast. So I think the business leaders and leaders in the community, wherever you are, it, it's our time to step up before we wait somebody else to solve a problem. This ain't gonna happen. So um, yeah, if I can help anybody, that'd be great. And, and um, Greg, David said he wasn't, uh, you know, he was just, he's new to podcasts. Seems, seems like he's uh, pretty comfortable, eh? He's doing great. Yeah. David, did, oh. you, did you realize how easy it would be? What, to, to start my own podcast? No. Oh, no, 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 no just to be the guest. It's good. Oh, to be a guest, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll be your, uh, your co-host when Dave. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I like that idea. I, I had a feeling that was coming. I had a feeling that I was also coming. wanted to show you this. I don't know if you can see it. Hold on. Tell me if you can see it. Uh, anyway. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. It's the baby monitor that was just handed to me, which means <laughs> nice. the time has come to say, <laughs> to say thank you, David. Hey, we, we, you know, we, we, what, what an inspiring conversation. Seriously, man, like you are an inspiration. And uh, 
you know, you've, you've reminded me to continue pushing leadership the way you are. So I uh, really do appreciate that and you sharing this. Can I leave it one last thought uh, that's been sticking with me? 100%. Is, uh, as leaders, we almost have to be counter cyclical. So right now it's pandemic. We should be thinking growth. When it's growth, you should be thinking pandemic or whatever words you want. But you as a leader should be on the other side uh, thinking of. Fantastic advice. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, I've got one little piece of advice too from this conversation. Then Dave, you can close off with yours. You're mentioning about how fortunate we are <laughs> to be Canadian. Uh, I've never felt that so strongly than the last two weeks. Um, and uh, I was having a conversation today with somebody about privilege, something we don't talk about very much because we're all quite privileged to live here and we forget. Um, and when you hear that term about check your privilege, privilege isn't a bad thing. Privilege is, is a powerful thing. Um, the problem is so many of us forget that we are here as a privilege, you know, and if we can use our privilege to help others, um, then that's the whole point. And I think when I see crap on social media and on the news, um, of people complaining about this, that, and other thing, and where's my piece, where's my share, all the stuff, we have to check our privilege, especially at times like this. No, especially when times are good, actually. Uh, so that, that's my little nugget of takeaways, David. How about you, Dave? Oh, I, I'm just really, really happy that David shared his story. And, and those, what's wonderful is how transparent he is. And this is just who he is. And um, I'm hoping that people get a sense of who he is and, and do hit him up and do ask him questions because um, he's built to share. And, um, and the guy is prolific, David, in terms of learning and what you're involved in. And you're really, I think, an excellent role model for, for leaders. Um, so thank you, brother. And uh, I'm sure I will enjoy listening to you and Greg host a podcast in the future. Love it. I will be a little jealous, but that's okay. I can, I can work with that. But uh, anyways, thank you so much for coming on, man. Thanks, guys. Okay. Take care. Stay safe. Bye. Enjoy. Say hi to the baby for me, Greg. Will do. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.